Hello and welcome to the Alberta First podcast. Canada's industrial production index is cratering, headed towards negative territory, while inflation on groceries hits 10% year-on-year in Canada. And Alberta will have the opportunity to checkmate the East Coast. When I say checkmate, I mean we could take Ottawa without firing a single bullet this year or in 2022, right around the corner. And gold and oil are perfect pair for 2022. And these commodities are the next to rocket to the moon, whether they are memed or not. So let's start with a topic that has the least amount of sex appeal. I'm referring to Canada's industrial production index, which reached its yearly high in April of 2021. Before April, it was in the negatives too. From 2020 all the way to 2021, it was in the negatives. But the good news was very short-lived. From that 16.7% high in April, industrial production index fell to 11.49% in May. And then Canada's industrial production index fell to 8.89% in June. And finally, in July, our year-on-year industrial growth fell to 4.6%. This means from July of 2020 to July of 2021, our industrial sector has only grown by 4.6%. And every month, it's since April, it's been losing 3 to 4%. So when they report it again for September, we're probably going to be at 0.6% year-on-year growth. And then when they report it again in October, we're going to be in the negative territories. You just wait. And that's my prediction. We are guaranteed to be in the negative territories. We probably already are. It's November. The government is late on these numbers. And if we go into negative territory, we're probably not going to get out of a negative territory. Prices for meat, fish, and dairy products We're up 4.2% month on month, according to Statistics Canada. That was in August. But that group, meat, fish, and dairy, were up 11.2% year over year. Oh, we got to include chicken in that too. They were up 11.2% year on year in August. And this is all according to Statistics Canada. So while meat and dairy are going up 11% a year, Statistics Canada still says that the average inflation is only 4.2% per year. Do you remember my last podcast where we went over the housing market on the East Coast? Houses all over Canada are up 30 to 300%. Gasoline, diesel, natural gas are all up 100% from their bottom last year. I remember paying 67 cents a liter for diesel last year. Now I'm paying $1.30. Natural gas is also up 100%. But that's in Canada, and we are blessed in Alberta to be a natural producer of natural gas. We used to flare natural gas. That is when these oil leases would simply burn natural gas into the atmosphere. But now you go over to England, natural gas is up a thousand percent. Ain't no one flaring natural gas right now. The natural gas prices in England are breaking records. Literally, these are prices that we have never seen before. How can they tell us that we are getting 4.2% year over year inflation? 
That is a straight up lie. We are getting well over 10% year on year inflation. Like that's the groceries are, the meat and dairy are 10%, but you look at everything else, fuel, house prices, everything else has gone up by more than 100%. 10% is a very conservative and generous estimate. And even if inflation was at 4.2%, which it's not, it's well over 15%. But let's say inflation is 4.2% year on year. In 10 years, your dollar would have lost 42% of its purchasing price. Central banks all over the world covet a 2% inflation rate. 2% is the trophy. It's the mission. I want to know why. The population of Canada is okay with a 2% inflation rate. How is anybody supposed to save money for college or a house when you're losing 2% of your purchasing power every year? I want to talk about industrial production a little bit more. Alberta's industrial production is responsible for two of Canada's largest industries. The largest industry in Canada is oil production. It's also the largest export and the fourth largest export is oil distillates and it's also our fourth largest industry. So Alberta is responsible for two of Canada's top five exports and we are responsible for two of Canada's top five industries. While Justin Trudeau strangles these industries and prevents their growth, our industrial index is guaranteed to stay in negative territory and it's guaranteed to head towards negative territory and the more Justin Trudeau prints and the less we produce remember negative territory means we're producing less than the year before if we hit zero percent and we stayed there our production would stay consistent but we're not going there we're going into negative territories we are going to be producing less goods year on year from now on and Alberta is not able to expand. I want to talk about England and what they've done with their energy production. England used to produce 23 kilowatts a day from coal operated plants a decade ago in 2011. But today in 2021, England only gets five kilowatts of energy as opposed to 23 kilowatts a decade ago. That's a huge reduction. And it's because they shut down most of their coal mines to meet carbon emission standards. Their biggest coal plant today produces 1 million tons of coal annually. And they're shutting that down next year. Wind is supposed to provide 30% of England's electricity. But because that island, which should be windy because it's an island, that island is not windy right now. Windmills are only producing 7% of the country's electricity. Now, this is going to happen here in Canada if Justin Trudeau continues with his policies. Alberta will be safe, but the rest of the country will suffer and that will cause Justin Trudeau to suck more money out of us as we are more productive because we have products of more value, goods of more value than the rest of the country. And the more you strangle it, the scarcer these products become and the more valuable these products become. Justin Trudeau is his own enemy in this situation. The more we go towards wind and the farther we go from coal, the more likely we are to run into a scenario where our natural gas prices skyrocket through the roof and you 
want to be owning oil shares when that happens. You want to own oil shares when there, when natural gas goes up here in Canada. Now, I'd like to move on to Alberta's housing market, which has been stagnant. Alberta's housing market is about to boom and the prices of our houses are about to catch up to the ludicrous prices outside of Alberta. That's because oil is going higher and Whitecap Energy is the stock you want to own. I hyped it up last podcast when I said buy the dip, it dipped to $4.80 and now it's well over $7. And they posted a 320% profit margin this third quarter. That's phenomenal. They are also still the only carbon negative oil company in the entire world. And these people will be able to get by all of Justin Trudeau's regulations at a profit as we are seeing right now. $45 a barrel lifting cost, guys. These guys only have the sky's the limit with this company. Oil was well under $80 a barrel for two months of this third quarter. And I am very excited about the future. Whitecap Energy is also one of the few companies who have been drilling since before the pandemic and throughout the pandemic. So these drilling programs that they've had throughout the last couple of years, and they're still continuing today, will increase their production by 10% within the year. So while oil goes up, Whitecap is one of the few companies who will increase their production at a profit. Rig count went down in Canada. In Canada, we lost four rigs. And in America, we lost two rigs. That was uh, three weeks ago. And since then, we have not added any rigs to the rig count. So instead of ramping up oil production, we are cutting down on oil production. And the reason is, is because shareholders, including myself, are demanding that these oil companies use these high oil prices to pay off their debt deleverage and redistribute their earnings to the shareholders through dividends. As a matter of fact, oil markets are actually paying the highest dividends in the entire stock market right now. So while Joe Biden and Trudeau do their best to stop the expansion of oil producing assets, they have a very bullish outlook. The jobs in the East Coast are service jobs government jobs, unproductive jobs, low paying jobs. The East Coast's production is dying. The price of their homes should be going down as a consequence of producing less goods and producing more services. Yes, that's right. The more services you produce and the less goods you produce, the weaker your economy is, which is one of crypto's fundamental flaws. It's a service, all software, no matter what you do with that software is merely a service. And all you can do is accommodate producers. So you cannot anyways, and we're not going to, instead of saying that their homes should be going down as a consequence of producing less goods and producing more services, I should be saying that their house prices should be going down as their high paying productive jobs are replaced by unproductive, low paying jobs. Services are cheap. Producing goods such as oil, beef, fish, lobster, or lumber has always paid more than being a cashier or a hostess or a hairdresser. And the lobster jobs and lumber jobs are being reduced. As a matter of fact, I remember last year, the government of Nova Scotia ended some kind of logging because of environmental concerns. And a lot of those Atlantic provinces 
are turning out to be very environmentally sensitive and they are strangling their own production in the name of environmental protection. And then they're going to be depending on Alberta's production because that's where wealth comes from. It comes from production. It doesn't come from services. Now, Alberta has a lot of productive jobs. You can even say that our oil servicing sector is productive because it is. When a wellhead goes down, we lose oil production. When the oil service sector repairs the wellhead, we resume, we resume production. That's a lot more productive than scanning and bagging groceries or being a legal aid. And that's why it pays more. And if it was ever, ever more profitable to work in the service industry than in the production industry, production would grind to a halt. The free market simply wouldn't allow it. It has nothing to do with the government. If it were up to the government, we would stop production and we would only produce services. How are you going to produce services are all are simply a means of distributing product that is i just came up with that that's actually beautiful services are a means of distributing production and if the government wants to stop production but maintain services they're crazy and and what they really want is to be your savior now alberta's housing market has been ignored but the demand that's coming is sustainable because it will not be driven by a mortgage scheme or by Ottawa's handouts. And the problem is Ottawa's going to bleed us dry trying to save them with a blood transfusion. And it really is a shame that we are not independent because when oil hits $100 a barrel, the East Coast will collapse due to high fuel costs and federally imposed bottlenecks on fuel deliveries. Remember in 2019, in November 22nd, 2019, before COVID, Premier Legault, Quebec's Premier, announced the state of emergency as Quebec was only three days or so from running out of propane. This would have caused loss of human life. Quebecers would have died if Alberta did not answer that call. What everyone seems to understand is that Trudeau is preventing pipelines from connecting Alberta to the East Coast. And I'm glad that people understand that. However, what no one seems to understand is that the East Coast imports oil from Saudi Arabia and that those supply lines are susceptible to attack. Even though what the Strait of Hormuz is, it's a, a small section of water that every oil tanker in the world, 97% of oil tankers travel through this body of water and it goes up, up or down the Arabian Peninsula around Saudi Arabia, between Saudi Arabia and Iran, and it splits them and it ends up going between Egypt and Israel or Gaza. Hey, don't cancel me. And then it goes into the Mediterranean from Egypt and Gaza. Egypt has a Suez Canal there. Now, Ethiopia is building the world's largest dam on the Dam Nile. Egypt is gearing up to go to war with Ethiopia because Ethiopia's dam the biggest in the world is going to block the water supply from Egypt. This is insane. If you think that Egypt is going to lose its water source, you are crazy. And what's Egypt going to have to do? They're going to have to hike rates on the Suez Canal. It's going to be expensive now to transport oil from Iran, from Saudi Arabia, I mean, to the East Coast. Not only is it going to be expensive to go through the 
Suez Canal, but it's going to be dangerous to use the Strait of Hormuz. Not only is it dangerous to use the Strait of Hormuz, let's say Saudi Arabia wants to go south around Africa's around the Horn of Africa. Well, Somalia is famous for piracy and America is pulling out. America's not going to patrol that anymore. And neither is England. Not when natural gas prices are a thousand percent and they want to fund their NHS. NHS is the National Health Service. Man, I just gotta keep explaining things. And the National Health Service is England's, it's like their national healthcare, that's what it is. And they love their NHS, never make fun of it. Dumb, it's the worst idea in the world, it sucks, but we're, that's another, the NHS is for another podcast. So, insurance rates on all cargo ships are skyrocketing and they are going even higher. The more tankers get seized, the higher insurance rates go. Right now, insurance rates are doubling on the fear of America leaving the Middle East. Wait until insurance clients start making claims on hijacked ships. Natural gas went up 1,000% in England. And so will insurance rates for cargo ships. So will gasoline and diesel on the East Coast. The East Coast is completely reliant on the Middle East. And those supply lines are going to be cut any day within the next year and a half. This is when Alberta can strike. We can take the East Coast without firing a single bullet. Now, why are oil and gold stocks good together? Well, because the higher oil goes, the more it costs to produce gold. The more it costs to produce gold, the more gold mines are going to have to shut down, leading to a scarcity in gold. See, what happened when gold was $1,000 an ounce at the beginning of the pandemic, oil prices went to negative territories. All of a sudden, everybody was producing gold. People, you know, if it cost, if it used to cost you $1,100 an ounce to produce gold, you wouldn't produce gold for $1,000 an ounce. You would shut down your gold mine. Oil related costs are 25% of a gold mine's production costs. So when oil hit negative, all of a sudden, it didn't cost these companies $1,100 an ounce to produce gold. So now they could produce for $1,000 an ounce. And since then, since the oil product, since gold production has increased, it has peaked. The higher that oil goes, the less gold production we are going to get. Gold production has peaked. It has nothing to do with the availability of gold. It has everything to do with how expensive it is to get gold out of the ground. Right now, you should be loading up on your oil stocks, load up on your gold stocks. Let me explain to anybody who's worried about, oh no, oh no, what if gold will collapse if crypto collapses because they're the same thing. They are not the same thing. And I'm going to tell you what the bottom to gold is. No crypto hodler can tell you at least what crypto is worth. None of them know what the bottom is for crypto. I can tell you right now what the bottom is for gold. The bottom for gold is its industrial demand, which is nearly non-existent because we are all too poor. We can't afford products made of gold. Millionaires can afford products made out of gold. NASA and the Navy can afford products made out of gold, but we can't afford it ourselves. If we could all afford gold, gold would be in every product that conducts electricity because it is the best conductor of electricity. So is silver. Now, gold is better than silver because gold does not tarnish. Gold does not rust. Neither silver tarnishes, but it doesn't rust. Silver, however, if you can protect it, it is the most electroconductive metal on the planet. Gold comes in a close second or third. 
to, to silver, but gold does not tarnish like silver tarnishes. And if we could afford gold, we would buy products made out of gold because they would simply be better product. The Navy spends money on products made out of gold. Like I was saying, if you need communications, you use gold and silver. If you need to go to outer space, you use gold and silver. If you need a quantum computer, computer, you use gold and silver. If Trudeau and Biden don't change their environmental policies, gold, oil will go up. And if oil goes up, gold production will become so expensive, the supply of gold will become nearly extinct. Buy gold right now while you can before the price of oil pushes gold production too far down and it's too late. This is not a speculation. This is fundamentals. This is math. This is not a gamble on some new latest crypto fad. This is the real deal. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about a certain kind of tax that they have in Ontario and what they're going to do to you and what uh, what your municipality will, might do to you in the next year. I looked at my municipality's finances and I'm telling you guys, my municipality is going to be forced to either cut spending or raise property taxes. And they're probably going to choose to raise property taxes. So I will probably be moving to the country. And I recommend every single one of you looks at your municipality's financial statements because I guarantee you that they have a big, big loan just like mine does. And the interest interest is variable and it's directly correlated to the 10-year bond. So when the central bank raises its interest rates next year, your municipality is not going to be able to afford the interest rate hike on their loans, just like mine cannot. They will have to raise property taxes. Sell your house now while you can. If we go to Detroit, you can buy a five bedroom house for $1, but the property taxes are so expensive that nobody will buy these houses. And that could happen anywhere. It could happen where you live. When they stop the printing machine, they're going to have to pay the bondholders somehow. When inflation gets so high that you have to cut the money supply, you also have to find a source of income other than the money printer. So the government is going to raise taxes, even local government. So I imagine in two years, in five years, probably two years, when you sell your houses, you'll have to pay a 30% tax on the sale. Right now, when you sell your car in Ontario, the buyer has to has to pay 13% of the black book value. And I'm talking about used vehicles. You buy a used vehicle in Ontario, you're paying 13% of the black book value. It doesn't matter how much you actually pay for the vehicle. It doesn't matter if you get a good deal. You're paying 13% at the registry office when you go and register your vehicle and get your license plate. So a vehicle sold eight times in Ontario, the government will have taxed over 100%. That is crooked and all these things are going to happen to Alberta if we're not careful. Sell your house on this next high, move into the country, keep that, hold, God bless.